accounts payable control weaknesses, the nemesis of any accounts payable or accounting group. There are a few things worse professionally than having accounts payable control weaknesses discovered by auditors, especially if those discoveries lead to being written up in the management letter as a serious control issue. Don't let the auditors find the accounts payable control weaknesses in your organization. Find them yourself first and fix them. In this episode, we'll show you five ways to do that. Make sure you stick around until the end when we discuss one simple way that you can do, and it is frequently overlooked by companies, and there's really no reason to overlook it. Hey guys, I'm Mary Schaefer, founder of AP Now, the place where we curate the latest business intelligence for those who work in, manage, or have responsibility for the accounts payable function. Okay, step number one review your separation of duties. See who has access to what and make sure that your separation of duties is maintained across the entire accounts payable and payment function. If you don't, it's possible that somebody will be able to get in and manipulate your system. Without it, if you have perfect separation of duties, collusion will be necessary. So you need to see who has access to what. Now, many times an organization will set up perfect separation of duties. And then they give one or two people, usually in our case, in the accounts payable space, the accounts payable manager or the controller access to everything. And when I ask them why they've done this, they usually tell me, well, it makes it easier to train new employees, which it does. It makes it easier at month end or quarter end or year end if the manager or the controller has to jump in and help get all the invoices entered if they're running behind or whatever. All those are accurate reasons. However, they do not. They do not trump appropriate separation of duties. So you want to review your separation of duties, see who has access to what, to who does what, and make sure it's perfect. Now, sometimes in a smaller organization, you won't be able to have that perfect separation of duties. And then you have to set up what's called compensating controls to kind of verify and make sure that nothing slipped through. Okay. That's one thing. So you think you know what your separation of duties are. Step number two, get a report from your ERP system showing who has access to what. Does it match what you think it should be? Do you have some people who have access to tasks or information that are handled by other departments that they have absolutely no reason to have? This happens sometimes in organizations that promote from within, which is a really good thing to do. But sometimes when they do that, they do not close off the old access for the person's old job. I know one company who shared with me that the first time they ran this report, they had people who, you know, come to them right out of high school or right out of college. They'd worked there 20 years and they had access to over 50% of their ERP system. Now, there's another way that you might know that you have this problem within your own department. This is, by the way, a company-wide thing with the ERP system, accounts payable being just one of them. But this is how you might know you have it within your own department. Let's say you've hired somebody from another department, a department that you have a lot of interactive work with. And when you need to get information from that department, instead of going to that department, which is how you normally would get it, you don't go to that department. You go to that person that you hired from that department because they have the access and they can get into the ERP and get it for you. And you do that. If you are in that situation, either in your department or you know another department that's doing it, then you probably need to run this report 
and figure out who has access to what and close off access that people have that they don't need for their current position. Okay. And by the way, this report should be run at least once a year. Okay. And expect surprises the first time you run it. Okay. The next thing, flowchart, map out your processes. Sometimes by flowcharting it, you know, looking it out, looking at who does what, how things are handled, it's very obvious where you have a control weakness. Sometimes that will be due to lack of separation of duties, or it could be due to other reasons. But prepare that flowchart and take a look at it. And sometimes they'll pop right out at you. Okay, before we get to the last two, which by the way, everyone can do, so there is no excuse, absolutely no excuse for not doing them. If you like this episode, please give us a thumbs up. And if you loved it, please subscribe. We produce new content for the channel three times a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays are devoted to accounts payable and payment issues. And Saturday, we actually produce some Wordle videos. By the way, your thumbs up and comments help us as YouTube takes this as a signal to distribute the video to more viewers. Okay, now, step number five, figure out everything that could go wrong. Not everything that could go wrong in your shop, but everything that could go wrong, period, in an accounts payable function. So you might identify common Invoice mistakes, do you get multiple invoices from the same vendor, phony emails, somebody setting up a phantom vendor? There's a whole list of stuff that can go wrong, coding errors, etc. Once you've identified everything that could go wrong, and by the way, this would be a fun thing to do at a departmental lunch or a departmental meeting, because then you can come up with a real long list because your people who are involved in the day-to-day function can probably come up with a lot more things than you can. Once you come up with this list, then go through your processes and your procedures, your flow charts, and see where you have something in your processes that would prevent it from happening. Okay? Okay. Now, your last step, and like I say, this is one that is no excuse for not doing this, is match up your written processes to what is actually happening. So sometimes an organization will set up policies and procedures, their best practice, they're exactly what they're supposed to be doing or what, you know, a best practice person like me would come in and tell them they should be doing. And they give them to the staff and they hope that everything is going along well. But one of your processes, one of your staffers may figure out a shortcut and they figured out how they can get a particular task done quicker, which, you know, might be a good thing. Well, they start doing that and it might make their job easier, but it might make a control problem elsewhere for somebody else in the organization. Now, this is not to say that if somebody has a good idea, you should just ignore it. No, they should be encouraged to bring it to the manager and make sure manager review it. And if it's good, then everybody will start using it, not just this one person. So you want to periodically audit your staff to see that they are doing what you have delineated in your policies and procedures. Also, it's a good way to find somebody who doesn't quite understand something. Maybe they were new when you hired them and they didn't want to appear stupid, so they didn't ask too many questions, and now they've ended up doing something wrong. So periodically, with each person on staff, you want to sit with them, 
kind of audit what they're doing, kind of like a surprise audit. You don't have to sit there that long, you know, half an hour, you're convinced that they're doing things right, and then you can move on. It can be something as simple as you set up a coding standard for the way people are to enter data, and they don't enter it right, or they don't enter it according to that standard because, I don't know, they have different abbreviations, whatever it is. So you want to make sure that what you've written is what's actually being done. Also, just one other aside, when you're writing up your policies and procedures, you want to write up what you're actually doing, even if you know it's not best practice, because those written policies and procedures are meant to document what's going on, not what you wish was going on or what should be going on. I like to say if your whole staff chipped in and bought a lottery ticket and then they won the big prize and they all quit, this written policies and procedures would enable your company to keep going because somebody could take it, read it, and figure out what needs to be done. Now, do you feel that your controls are rock solid strong? We did a short pop quiz on internal controls around invoices recently. You can watch it and take the quiz yourself right now using the link that will appear momentarily on YouTube and is in the show notes below. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up, your subscribes, your shares, and your comments. Good luck.